If you're still feeding your flock mealworms, listen up. With Grublies, you can give your chickens all of that protein for their feathers, plus 50 times more calcium for their eggs. So say goodbye to throwing handfuls of made-in-China mealworms to your chickens, and hello to a happier, healthier flock with Grubly Farms Grublies, the official chicken snack of the Drink and Farm podcast. That's right, and when you switch from mealworms to grublies, you'll start noticing a difference in the quality of your eggs, and your flock will follow you anywhere for them. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code DRINKANDFARM to get 20% off your first order and grublies ship free. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero fucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. <laughs> what are you drinking in that mug this morning? So what I'm drinking is not nearly as exciting as what you're drinking. <laughs> I was running late this morning, so I just threw coffee in my favorite mug. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Sometimes simplicity is the way to go. Yep, it is. It's snowing here. I wanted to make pancakes mm. for breakfast. And I'm packing for a trip on Wednesday. And I was just like, I got to keep it simple this morning. There you go. (laughs) So what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking a Virgin Mary. Ooh, I like Uh, it. So it's like I brought lunch in here with me. And you can see this big old pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, so it's just like a Virgin Mary. And I got some on my dose. But it's got just, like, vegetable juice in there. So I use, like, V8. There's horseradish, pickle juice. And I'm a big pickle fan. So there's all kinds of fun stuff in here. But it's basically a Bloody Mary without the vodka. Oh, yeah. it's pretty delicious. Nice. good for you because the vegetable juice has couple servings of veggies in there so i'm being healthy this morning i like it i did not know that you could make a bloody mary virgin so yeah learn something new (laughs) our drink peep this episode is our friend elizabeth steves and she is at steel 2 over on the instagram so cheers lady cheers all right so before we get into today's topic we're going to unbox our Penny and Rue boxes. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> so, Sam, I'll let you go first. What's your favorite thing out of the box? Okay. I was not prepared to go first, but that's okay. <laughs> Caught you off guard. Because, ah, there we go. It's got to be this beautiful tote bag. Oh my gosh, it's so pretty. Yeah, there's a pretty chicken on it and it's floral, but it's got like darker colors. I don't know if yours is different. Uh, or if anybody else's is different. Okay. No, mine's the same. Oh, we're matchy-matchy. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, and my favorite part of this, too, is this is my favorite chicken, Bellatrix. <gasps> she's, like, oh. my from my original flock, and she follows me everywhere, and she's always really friendly, so she's my favorite. So now I have a bag mm-hmm. that's, like, her bag. <laughs> yeah, you can take her wherever you go, maybe on your trip. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Good. <laughs> There's some accessories in there. 
All right. So aside from that bag, what else did you like in this month's box? This will surprise nobody. <laughs> I really love <laughs> these a good journal. chicken keeping yeah. journals. Like it's just like a journal is just it's a nice place to take notes. Like I'm constantly yeah. like just writing and you know like mm-hmm. it, putting pen to paper helps my brain remember things that's just the way that mine yes. works and so any of these journals it's just like fabulous and you know like the end of the year most of the time these are just filled with like junk and things that I don't really need to save so once they're full they just you know like get chucked um mm-hmm. but sometimes there's something really cool in there that I come back and visit later so yeah I like it yeah I constantly write little notes during work Mm -hmm. and usually they don't make much sense like a couple days later that's how I roll (laughs) but that's a great piece to use too if you're not into like you know daily entries about your chickens and what they're doing and how they're feeling but if you're into that that's fine too Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just have probably over 70 chickens so I can't really do that yeah that would be a full-time job that would be for (laughs) sure (laughs) The next thing in our box is this sunglass case. So it's that silky material, and it says chickens over people. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I agree most days. Most days, for sure. Most days. Like, people <laughs> in general, not, like, specific people. Yeah, that's fair. I do like specific people. <laughs> also in the box, we got a tube of triple antibiotic ointment. You just, you can't have too much of this. I've got a whole bag. Henny and Rue sent us one of those big, it's not a canvas bag. It's made out of more of like a nylon type of material. It's blue Mm. and it's got like all the chickens and stuff in it. All of this stuff, I just drop into it and it's hanging in my feed room inside my barn. And then anytime I have an animal that has an injury, I dig through that first and everything in it is clean, still in packaging and it's ready to go. So super handy. Here's a tip. That's so funny. Is it the chick one with that's like light blue and has chickens all over it? Mm -hmm. I do the same thing in my barn. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, that was exactly what I did. I hung it up in the barn and now it's just stuffed to the brim with medical stuff. Easy to get to. Mm Mm-hmm. We also got Honey and Rue Pectacular Grains and Mealworms, which I just, I mean, with how many chickens I have, usually I just rip the bag open and, like, dump it in a line on the ground. I do that, too. I go through it really quick. (laughs) It sounds like you do, too. But they love it. And it's a nice change up from some of the other snacks that they get. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. We also got a mealworm banquet poultry cake. So it's like a suet cake, but for your chickens instead of the wild birds. Yeah. It looks, I mean, I don't want to eat it, but if I was a chicken, it looks delicious. Right. It's like a chicken granola bar. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actual, actually, you probably could eat it, you know. (laughs) There's dried mealworms, cranberries, sunflower kernels, tree nuts, like pistachios, almonds, cashews, and pecans. Mm -hmm. And then there's gelatin. I don't know about the gelatin part. Being human mm. safe, it probably is. But, I mean, don't eat it. But it looks like you could. I'm sorry. It says not for human consumption on there. So, don't do it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> and then there's also a copy of Chicken Whisper magazine. Yep. Yes, yes. Some light reading. Yes. Full disclosure, these usually end up in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Not as toilet paper, but <laughs> as reading material if someone forgets their phone. 
Just wanted to clear that up. We do not use that as toilet paper. <laughs> that would be rude. <laughs> and uncomfortable. And uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then each box comes with a nesting box liner. It's a yes. comfy place for your chickens to lay their eggs. And it makes for recyclable or compostable packaging material, which is earth-friendly. Makes us happy. Yeah. There's also a coupon in here from for some pretty cute boots. Oh, like these boots have chickens on them. That's right. I saw they that. They look like they're easy to pull on too. So, yeah, they're from Perfect Storm. Hmm. So I might have to check that out. Yeah. Because I could use like a like I have my sloggers, but I could use like something between my heavy winter boots and a slogger, and I wonder if that would fit the bill. Oh, that's a good idea. I have extra tufts and then my keen like work boots so when the snow is deeper than my ankles like it is today I have to go with the extra tufts and they don't have any insulation in them so my feet are cold so I probably need a pair of those (laughs) all right so if you want to snag a February honey and rue box or any honey and rue box if you're listening to this beyond the winter months you can go to honeyandroot.com and use code Drink and Farm to get 10% off your first box. Yep, that's right. All right, so I'm excited. We're going to do a two-parter with our regular episodes. So this one drops at the end of January. The next one will drop at the beginning of February. We're going to start talking about bees and Yay. honey. Yay! Because, uh, because, oh, you guys... Just wait for the bee puns. First you had the chicken puns, then you had the cow puns. Now it's time for the bee puns. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're going to talk about bees. We're going to specifically cover in this episode kind of some like bee basics, but really more like the motivation around why they make honey. Because like really, they're not making it for us specifically. (laughs) We just reap the rewards of that right yeah so before humans were like you know digging into beehives why were they doing that and what is honey made of how is it made etc so that'll be over the next two episodes awesome i like it so the source we'll be using for the next two episodes is from perfectbee.com and so we'll just jump right in i have a question yeah before we get started so okay so we're gonna talk about bees And a common question that I always see people have when they're talking about bees is like, do all bees make honey? Or is it just certain types of bees? No. Certain types of bees is the correct answer. So not all of them are created equal when it comes to producing honey. So many bees pollinate and collect pollen to store for the cold months so they can survive. Honeybees collect nectar and pollen to make their sweet survival food honey. In fact, they produce honey, beeswax, propolis, and royal jelly, which sounds super fancy. That does sound fancy. Yeah. So there are only about seven species with the honeybee family, but there are over 40 subspecies recognized within these species. The magnificent little creatures that give us such wonderful sweet treat are heavy-duty worker bees. So... In short, all peas create and output something to help them make it through the winter, but it's not all the sweet stuff that we like to enjoy as well. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I did always wonder why other bees, like native types of bees, collected pollen but didn't produce honey. So that totally makes more sense now. Now I get it. Because <laughs> it was like, what yeah. motivates native bees to go pollinate your vegetable garden if it's not to collect the pollen and turn it into honey, but it's to collect the pollen to just survive through the winter? Yeah. Okay. Really, if you think about it, that's pretty smart. Because they're not going to have any human or bear <laughs> come in and eat the sweet stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no poo bear going and bugging them. No, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <sighs> so for bees that do create honey, they can consume 100 to 200 pounds of honey in a year for a large colony. So again, the honey is for them too. Not just for us. Mm-hmm. So that kind of made me wonder, okay, well, like, what happens when we come in and, and take the honey? <laughs> like, do we have to leave them some too? But we'll learn more about that over the next two episodes. So I won't spoil it. I was going to say, I actually know the answer to that one, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> Let's sit on that one. We will. <laughs> Cliffhanger to bring people back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So why do bees make honey and how do they use it? Think of someone, maybe yourself, who preserves and stores their own food and why they might do that. So somebody might tell you it's because they want to feed their families a healthy variety of foods with lots of vitamins and minerals throughout the cold months, which is definitely, you know, a growing motivation of mine now that I know that I really like being able to pull vegetables out of the freezer. Like it's really gratifying to do that. There also might be some motivation that they would like to be a certain about how much food they have for maybe survival purposes, regardless of circumstances. So, you know, I think that for me, sometimes it's like survival, but I think it's almost like a balance between convenience and survival. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're seeing some empty shelves right now and stuff like that. But it's not to the point where, like, I'm super duper concerned yeah. <laughs> personally. But I know I have enough food in the freezer to feed me for probably a couple months if something really did go badly. Which yeah. is a nice thing to feel that comfort level. Yep, it is. I like it because, like, today it's snowing. We're not going anywhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> not until something plows our driveway. <laughs> which probably isn't going to happen. So, <laughs> And... You can avoid the rush to the store before a big storm happens, too, Mm -hmm. where people, you know, maybe they don't shop. I tend to shop for two weeks at a time anyways, but not everybody does that because they like to go in and get their fresh produce and you can't keep fresh produce for like two weeks, typically. Yeah, not everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there are some benefits there. So circling back to honey, bees do that because they need to eat in the winter Because honey provides necessary energy through its vitamins and sugars. So if you've ever heard the term busy as a bee, it's very literal. (laughs) Bees flap their wings over 11,000 times in a minute. Whoa. Yeah. They need a lot of energy to do that. Storing their own honey helps guarantee that they have what they need throughout the year. Because bees are very proactive. So if you find like a wild hive, you might be surprised to see that They put enough aside to last them for a few years. Like, they're honey hoarders. (laughs) Wow. I had no idea they would do that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, if something were to happen to prevent them from foraging, say like a drought or lack of vegetation for foraging, the hive could potentially support a colony of bees of around 60,000 at peak times for a few years. Whoa. So these are wild bees, not yeah, they are. the ones you might be keeping in your backyard. <laughs> they are full-on preppers. Prepper bees. <laughs> Bees also need honey to feed their young, and they also need it to help survive those cold winter months, like they said, because obviously they're not going out to forage for food when everything is cold and dead outside. So what is honey made out of? Because we talked Mm. about honey and like what they do with it, but like, how do they make it? Right. So we'll call out a couple of things here. We'll call the makeup of honey. And then it turns out there are different types of honey. Mm. So for the makeup of honey, it's important to know that it does not spoil due to the process known as cremation. This ensures when honey has been drained of much of its water and with such a high sugar concentration, it will not spoil. Okay. Think of like making like a simple syrup with a lot of sugar in it. It can Mm -hmm. stay good because of that high sugar concentration. That totally makes sense. Bees do it better. Bees do it better, yeah. (laughs) So when you see a jar of honey and you know that it's actually just honey that's in the jar and not anything else, and it's like all crystallized and you're looking at it and you're like, is this still good? Like, should I throw this away? Is it spoiled? The answer is it's fine. It's just hardened. So maybe pop it in the microwave for 10 seconds and soften it again. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've been in that situation before, and it Mm -hmm. does kind of, like, gross me out a little bit, but, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Bees need certain vitamins, nutrients, lipids, and minerals for their survival, so honey supplies most of that for them. Honey is made up of about 82% carbohydrates, which is mainly made from fructose and glucose, and it also contains a variety of enzymes that help convert other enzymes into fructose and glucose. Oh. Okay. And honey also has 18 different amino acids, which I did not know that. Neat. And if that wasn't enough, honey contains a variety of vitamins and minerals, including vitamin B, B6, C, calcium, iron, zinc, potassium, magnesium, hormium, as well as antioxidants like flavonoids. So I would feel like honey could be called like a superfood, but people uh, don't call honey a superfood. I think some people do call it yeah? a superfood. Oh, and and that last one is chromium. Oh, yeah, my bad. No, I just because I knew what that was, so I just wanted. To no, thank you. <laughs> Quick corrections corner. <laughs> corrections corner for next episode. Yeah. So anyone familiar with diabetes and carbs probably understands the breakdown of honey. Because, like we said, honey is mostly carbohydrates. Carbs break down quickly, and when they do, the carbs are then converted to sugar. This, in turn, turns into the energy bees need. So basically, bees run around all day on a sugar high. So, like, your kids the day after Halloween. Yeah, that's bees Mm -hmm. all the time. All the time. 365. (laughs) 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 24-7. Sadly, most worker bees only live a matter of weeks during the peak season, and they do not sleep. So we said sugar high, but I feel like this is more like a cocaine bender for the worker bees. (laughs) Yeah. They effectively work themselves to death during that time and need a great deal of energy to get that job done. 
And while honey gives them the huge energy boost they need, it also provides the necessary vitamins and minerals they need to maintain good health during their short life. Oh, okay. So they are fast and furious little workers and don't live very long, which I didn't realize that. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that either, but like I knew lots of different types of insects didn't live very long, so it makes logical sense to me. Yeah. So like we mentioned, there are a couple different types of honey. In the south, it is very common to see clover and goldenrod honey. There are different impacts. So depending on what is around you and what kind of honey you're harvesting or what kind of honey you buy, it's really impacted by the different flowers in your area. The type of honey your bees make will depend on those plants that they're visiting. So you can't really tell them like, hey, go over to my rose bushes or something like that. They're going to do what they want. But if you have something more prevalent, like goldenrod certain times of years, that could be heavily influencing the taste, aroma, texture, and color of the honey that you get. Uh, Okay. So a good rule of thumb, if you're picky about your honey, is that honey that is clear or very light in color will usually be milder or less sweet. Darker honey will often be more pronounced taste and be sweeter than the lighter kind. So if you're eyeballing some honey from somebody locally, that's kind of a good tip off for what you might be getting. Yeah. So if bees visit lavender to make their honey, the honey will likely have a lavender scent, which sounds delightful to me. It does. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> if they tend to visit clover fields, their honey may be less sweet, lighter in color, And have a thinner texture than other honey. And bees can make honey from blueberry bushes, avocado plants, clover, buckwheat, sage, wildflowers, and even poison ivy. Ooh. There is even a mystery of how purple honey happens. Because apparently it happens, but people haven't nailed down why it happens. I would be thrilled to have purple honey because it's my favorite color. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it probably would be like, what the heck is this for a while? It must be from something that... I have two theories. Either there is a plant or flower out there that has purple pollen, and that's what dyes it, the purple color. Or there's some sort of reaction, like, you know, like an oxidation or something like that that happens because of whatever the chemical makeup of the pollen is from that particular flower that it has when it's put in, you know, like when it goes through its process of actually becoming honey. So those are my two theories. I like those theories. I'm a scientist over here. (laughs) (laughs) Bev Ross, PhD. Mm. (laughs) on my way no I'm not you're taking logical steps in your knowledge to understand something and that's really all we can do as human beings so I think that's those are reasonable guesses you're not just because it's the bee's favorite color so that's why they turned it purple Right. The only reason I would go get a PhD is so that every time something was delivered, I could be like, yes, that is just what the doctor ordered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And there's my dad joke for the day. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Okay. So a few fascinating facts about honey production to wrap up part one. Like we mentioned, honey is never going to go bad. And as long as you keep it away from air and water, it's good for years. And that reason that honey won't spoil 
is because without air and water, it is hard for any organism to survive. That's one of the things I really like about the idea of keeping bees is that it produces a product that has that really long shelf life. Mm-hmm. And if it's a product that I can't move immediately, that's okay. <laughs> and it's not going to hurt anything. So I think that's a great benefit to keeping bees, whether you just want to keep the honey for yourself or if you do want to share it with friends and family or sell it. Mm-hmm. One difference between raw organic honey and plain honey off a store shelf is that raw organic honey contains pollen. Pollen actually offers many benefits to both humans and bees. So raw organic honey will contain pollen as a source of protein for bees, which is needed to maintain their energy levels, especially in those colder months when we talked about how they just can't go out. (laughs) They're really not going out to the store that time of year. So they need that pollen in there. The store is closed all winter for them. (laughs) It's just shut right down. (laughs) Poor little bees. Another fact that kind of blew my mind is that it takes 2 million flowers To produce one pound of honey. Wow. That's a lot of flowers. Yeah. I also think it's extremely fascinating that one honeybee produces about a twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in her lifetime. Wow. Yeah. So two million flowers, but a little honeybee is just going to make a teeny tiny tips of a teaspoon in their life. So this is why it's really important that maybe you don't want to keep bees. But planting things for the bees to come visit is really important to overall bee health and honey production. Mm -hmm. Honey weighs about 12 pounds per gallon, so that's real heavy. And then the most expensive honey in the world is called Elfish, Elfish, Elvish, not Elvish, not Elvis, not Elfish, (laughs) Elvish honey. So that's E-L-V-I-S-H. It is naturally made in Turkey and sells for about $6,800 per kilogram. Whoa. Which translates to about $850 per cup. Okay, I'm glad we put that in English for us. (laughs) American English. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I wonder why it's so expensive. I might have to dig into that a little more now that I've read that a couple of times. But that's wild. Like... (laughs) A lot of so money. Mu- yeah, that's so much money for honey. Like, is it like going to like golden flowers? I don't know. I don't know. Honey is usually sold by weight instead of volume. So make sure you keep this in mind when purchasing honey because it can either be sold on or off the comb. If you purchase with the comb, then you're not going to get as much honey. Mm-hmm. But you do get a really awesome snack to kind of like yeah. chew on. It's pretty cool. The next time you see a honeybee, hopefully, you know, you have some new respect for it after learning some things about them. And then we'll continue this conversation next week. We're going to talk about, like, the steps. I mean, bees don't really step. But the steps they take to create honey. Oh, um, okay. Which I'm super excited about. So you got, like, a foundation now of, like, the why Mm -hmm. they do it. So next is going to be the how, which I'm excited about. Yeah. I knew nothing before researching this. So I'm thrilled to share it with everybody. Yeah. One of my favorite beekeepers to follow over on the Instagram, if anyone's interested, 
and just like seeing more every day, like in their Instagram feed about honeys is Homestead in the Hood is uh, their beekeepers. And it's funny, it took me a little while to get their name, but now I get it. It's Homestead in the Hood because of the bee hood. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, do I follow them? Probably. Because I was thinking I might. Let me look yeah. real quick. Homestead in the Hood. And then Elder Oaks Farm. She's back on Instagram and she keeps bees also. But they just moved to Montana and I cannot remember if they took their bees with them or if they're going to start over in Montana. I believe they're starting over but i might be wrong about that i think they are too yeah yeah that's a big move Mm -hmm. but i'm a little jealous of her because i'm a fan of yellowstone and that's in montana and it just makes me want to move there but oh my god it's so expensive for like Mm. all for my taste i'll say it's expensive (laughs) fun fact the part of montana that she moved to is really close to where i lived for a little while when i was in fourth grade Oh, cool. Yeah, and my grandmother still lives there, so I'll probably go out there eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, so make sure you leave us a review if you haven't already, or even if you have. If you have already, you can leave us a voicemail. The number is in the show notes, and you can leave a review that way, or you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. You want to do this because we take all the reviews we read for that month, draw a name out of a hat, and the person gets an exclusive coffee mug that is not and never will be in the shop. So this is our last reading for this month. And then I believe we have one more review. So if you haven't gotten in there yet, you might want to do that if you want a chance at the February mug. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read this week's review? Yes, I would love to read this one's review because I actually know this person oh. <laughs> in real life, like real, real life, not just on Instagram. <laughs> so this this is from my friend Emily, and she is Emmers42. And the title of this review is Supporting My Homesteading Dreams. And she says, moved from the big city to a small town. She moved from Phoenix, the same place that I moved from. Dreaming of a more self-sufficient and sustainable life. Bev and Sam make me laugh while helping the city girl learn to produce more of my own food. Episodes are always just on time. Today, I was talking about cranberries. This episode was left in November. (laughs) And she's new to one of the five states where these tart little treats grow. And I wanted to know more. And lo and behold, an episode about cranberries. Thanks, ladies. (laughs) I love it when our timing works out so well. (laughs) I do, too. Yeah, I mean, that's one argument for listening to the episodes as they come out. Like, if you're new here and you're wondering, like, well, do I start from the beginning or do I just pick up now my recommendation would be to pick up now and listen and then just slowly listen to the back episodes as you want to or as you have extra time like say you're driving you know like for multiple hours or whatever and need multiple episodes that would be my suggestion just because we do try to be kind of timely and seasonal about what we talk about yeah that way it'll help you in the moment yeah so thank you emily for leaving that review it always makes me happy to see people that i know (laughs) listening and being happy with what we make here so (laughs) so just really quick housekeeping if you're listening to this it would be great if you would do us a favor and share this episode over on your instagram stories and tag us at drink and farm 
because we're going to send you a promo code just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our shop, which you want because the February shirt of the month is dropping soon, if it hasn't already. And Bev's wearing that shirt today. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel like last year's, you know, Valentine's shirt was amazing. It actually sold really well, but it was very seasonal. Mm-hmm. This one I feel like you could wear year-round. Yeah, I agree. I got mine in pink. <laughs> it's very cute. I like that color on you. All right. So make sure you also take a look at the show notes so you can find a link to the article we discussed. There's also a link to a survey where you can tell us how we're doing. And then also our social media and that merch shop where that shirt is living. Mm -hmm. that You can go snag for yourself as a Valentine's Day present to yourself. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No, I do. I'm married and I do that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's it. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. So until next time. Drink. Farm. And and give zero clocks. Bye now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.